Hey folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. I am Sean Windsor, columnist of the Free Press, the Detroit Free Press, I think. I don't know. It's free. Well, no, it's not free. It's definitely a press. You, you are, are all co- out of sorts. You man. are. No, I'm not all out of sorts. It's just that you're dressed, you know, like a, uh, I don't know, like a Don <laughs> in the 1960s. You know. Like a Casino Vegas greeter or you something. Are, you are. The, the voice you hear, folks, that's, of course, Carlos Menares. Who is a what, Carlos? I haven't asked you in a while what you're doing because your job changes all you the know, time. Sean, Sean Windsor Foyle, that's what it is. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. You're, yeah, you're, hockey enthusiast. You're a columnist. Occasionally you write a takeout. Once in a blue moon you write a, no, a notebook. A notebook once in a while. What, whatever that. Dubious. Yeah, whatever Every once that. in a while I talk to people, report things. Yeah, what is notebook? Stuff. It's just some kind of. I don't know. Yeah, I like to ch- choke the life out of whoever. Yeah, we're, we're, we're done with notebooks, right? Yeah. Are we? No, we're not. But I wish we were. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Well, you're uh, you're going to get to the to to the Red Wings this week and, mm-hmm. and write about um, the exciting young players. I'm not going to talk about that because you haven't seen them and you don't really right. have anything to say yet, do you? You have and to you're, formulate you're, your opinions. And you're also going to the Red Wings. I will. And it's going to be interesting to see if you actually make it to the press box once no, you I think discover I, the breadcrumbs that lead you no, there. No, you're way, way, way up there. I know that much, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember the last time I was there, I just wanted to hurl myself over. Yeah. You ever get like that? You get too close to the edge and you just want to throw yourself over. Not because you're depressed, but just yeah. On deadline, know. sure. No, well, not even that. You just you, you, it's that it's that feeling, right? Yeah, yeah. I I don't have a big problem with heights, but it's high up there. It's it's uh, it's an interesting perch. You're up near the gondolas. It's it's it is. You're just kind of you're just kind of suspended from. I know it's, it feels like cables. It's not, but uh, no. You got at that point. You just got to trust the engineering, right? Yeah. Trust just, the engineering. And trust the, the the contractors, the folks yeah, who built it. Of course, did they follow the engineering plans? Absolutely. And then you're okay. Yeah, the good the good hardworking people people of Detroit. Okay. Well, that, well, yeah. We'll 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 talk about our experiences there in this in this uh, fun young team. To be honest, next week. Next week, we'll do we'll do that next week. This week, we've got uh, we've got some sports stuff here that's kind of leaking out into at least a couple of these subjects. That's leaking out into the. The larger world, right? Mm-hmm. As we like to say, yeah. Or maybe we don't like to say, and we just no, rely on for sure that way. For sure, yeah, yeah. When, when people on the street are talking about it, when it's when it's getting into you know mainstream commercials for an insurance company, yeah, absolutely. You're speaking, of course, of State Farm and Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers quarterback, who um, has been all over the headlines the last what week now? Not quite a week mm-hmm. or so, because it, 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 it turns out he is not vaccinated. Uh, I think the folks. And the Green Bay organization knew he wasn't vaccinated. I assume his teammates knew he was wasn't vaccinated, but the public didn't. I mean, it's hard to know, right? Right. But the public did not, and he lied about it, and has been just raked over the coals for that. So we're going to talk about that here in a second. But we're also going to talk about Jim Harbaugh, Mel Tucker, officiating replays, bad calls, whining, crying. You know, one coach saying, "Well, I don't like to talk about bad calls because that makes you soft." Mm-hmm. And gives you an out, and another coach who's in a much more narrow sort of view of, hey, we were wronged, and if I'm asked about it, I'm going to talk about it. So uh, I don't know. O- officials are, are a huge part of sports, obviously. Mm-hmm. Bad calls, it's, it's yeah. part of the fun or not so much fun with with fans. Yeah. So we'll get into that, and then we'll wrap up with uh, your favorite sport, the NBA. Right. And Cade Cunningham. Absolutely. And the idea that we're going to figure out what he is in four games. Oh, I know already. You, do. you don't know? You You're, don't know you, after four games? Not really. Wow. I guess I should, right? You should. I'm paid it's, to have an opinion. It's judgment time. It yeah. is. We're yeah. going to declare whether he's a bust or not yeah. after four games. Four games. It's coming. Yeah. 
All right, we'll, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to the oh boy, the officiating. But let's let's start off with uh, with your uh, expertise here in the NFL and Mr. Aaron Rodgers, who went from everybody's favorite as the Jeopardy host, yeah, right, beloved, yeah. Sk- beloved. You know, one of the maybe the arguably maybe not arguably the most talented quarterback who's ever played. One of them, one for of them, sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, physically talented. How about that? Yeah, that's a good argument. That's a good argument for what he could do with his legs and his arm um, and the level he did it at for the length of time. Yeah, for sure. He's in that conversation of greatest of all time. But after Aaron Rodgers, excuse me, after Tom Brady, the, the biggest star in, the, in football, right, wouldn't you say? Um, yeah. Who's playing? I would say I yes, mean, yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, not counting Peyton Manning or, or somebody. Gabriel Kett would say Patrick Mahomes because he's a big fanboy and he, I think he's got a fat head, a couple of them. Well, but no, and, he, no, you know, and he's great. Pajamas. But, but Patrick Mahomes isn't, isn't quite uh, hosting Jeopardy yet, right? No, I mean, he's he, on State Farm. He's been on State Farm. Yeah, no, he, Rogers, no so. he has, he has. Anyway, huge... Huge, huge star, been fairly beloved, unless you hate the Packers. Yep. I mean, he's mesmerizing to watch. He's he, interesting no matter what. He's interesting. He's got the hair, right? <laughs> he's always been a thoughtful. Progressive, progressives loved him last year when Drew Bees went off on uh, the national anthem and kneeling and right as he had a relative, mm-hmm. maybe even his brother who'd served. And, uh, and Rogers tweeted or po- posted on Instagram, one or the other, I can't remember, that hey, it was never about the anthem or, or the flag. So he was sort of defending, defending the folks that were uh, upset with Breeze, and he was the darling of the left at that moment. Not so much right now, Carlos. No, no, not at all. And I, you know what? And I, what I'm curious about is, you know, if you if let's just say you fall more on his side of the spectrum on this issue, you know, with with the vaccine and everything, and you're you're an anti-vaxxer, you don't like it, whatever. Um, you have your reasons. You have, I think everybody, everybody has to admit that at the very, very least, Aaron Rodgers was less than truthful. I think it was basically an outright lie, but um, he was not fulsome in his answer. That just There's no way you can watch that video of him answering the question of whether you've been vaccinated. And he says, yeah, I've been immunized. There's no way. And you know what? Going forward from now on at every press conference – there, there is going to have to be a yes or no. I'm going to need verbal confirmation from you, just like they do on the airplanes. You know, yes or no, were you vaccinated? And it's going to be, well, that's my personal thing. I'm not going to talk about it. But that was a lie. And he misled everybody. And I think that's the betrayal is always the thing that is more hurtful than actually taking a stance one side or the other, I think. Right, because Kirk Cousins isn't vaccinated, right? I mean, right. He, he took a little bit of heat, but nothing like this. No, he owned it. Right, he did. Kyrie Irving, who plays for the Nets, right. is is not vaccinated. He's taken more heat than Kirk Cousins. He's a bigger star, for one. Um, Irving's also an interesting case in that the political right was has has seen jumped on his. I don't want to say stance or whatever, maybe stance, but they've jumped, they've gotten into bed with him a little bit and think he's their hero. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they were, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe when he was, uh, his issues had to do more uh, with politics that aligned to the left. You know, he was part of the shut up and dribble. You know, right? You remember that? Right. Well, it's it's kind of amazing how the yeah these things uh, <laughs> evolve and or or sway. But uh, I, I don't know, Carlos. I, I'm with you on the betrayal. I don't think it's helped that, or maybe it has, the people that are on that side. But he went on to Joe Rogan, so you're taking your medical <laughs> That'll advice. That'll calm things down. Yeah, just this whole, I know, just this whole idea of doing your own research. And what, when did we get so skeptical of 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 the public health uh, sector of, of our culture? 
an epidemiologist? And, and when did we not allow for them to say, okay, we have this information now, and maybe a month later it's a little bit different? When, when do we stop allowing for that? When was the internet invented? That's probably when it coincided with, I'm going to do my own research here and and uh, figure it out, you know? I mean, and it, you know what? Hey, listen, I, I'm all for people educating themselves and trying to inform themselves. The problem is that, you know, finding reputable sources. And I think these days people gravitate toward whatever information source aligns with their view. It's kind of a chicken and the egg thing, but it's it's really, you know, I'm the chicken and I'm going to find the eggs that suit me because that's the problem. And I, you know, talking to young people sometimes, they think the conversation starts and ends with Wikipedia or WebMD or whatever it is. And they don't understand. I mean, you and I know as journalists, right, you have to vet the source. And if you cannot find, you know, a source that's credible, you have to look elsewhere or give up or defer to something. And that's why that's why people like Sean Windsor get paid the big bucks because you actually interview real sources. They get paid you, nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's – I'm doing this for free. It's pro bono, part of your work release. No, just because I think you're interesting. <laughs> So I'm getting paid for this, by the way. Um, but yeah, that's the well, thing, right? I can right? tell by your watch. As you have to. <laughs> okay, don't look at my socks. Um, but that's the thing is you have to. You have to. Uh, at least be, they're not see-through socks. <laughs> you have to be careful with the sources. And I think all this, anybody looks at any of the news stories that have come out about Aaron Rodgers and whether he actually does have an allergic reaction to the vaccines, you know, they've talked to actually people who are epidemiologists or are in the scientific community have done research. You know, you don't just go on Google and find somebody and whatever, you know, I mean, there, there's a high standard for the information that sources like the Detroit Free Press are putting out. You know, we have to be responsible about that. And um, and that's that. But that's the thing, though, is, I mean, people these days, they think that I can Google things. You know, nobody uh, is that. It, that's what research is. It's just Googling things like it's not. So it's troublesome. But, you know, that's what I think has led to the mistrust. It's just the information that's out there that's not always correct, but it's plentiful. It is. What do you think about the fact that he's now quoting uh, Martin Luther King? I didn't see that. But what what it was is how was he quoting King? The the idea that uh, you have a moral. So this is he he referenced this quote from maybe a paraphrase a little bit from uh, Dr. King. He said you have a moral obligation to object to unjust rules and rules that made no sense. So he's, I know it's. Wait, just, I hope the Martin Luther King Foundation responds like we are not affiliated with Aaron Rodgers right now, and that's just. I mean, MLK, you know, and, and you know, like. It's it's almost become like the Bible. People quote it to their own purpose. You can find anything and apply it. You know, a Nazi person can probably find like as MLK said. You know, you people. No, like it's MLK. been co-opted by some folks like that for sure. Right? Yeah, that's we, we don't want to get into politics too much here. We're not a we're not a political show. Um, you are, I guess. This is all politics, and I try to keep. I try to tell you all the time to keep your politics out of here. But no, I just. <laughs> Yeah, that, I, I didn't. I didn't appreciate that at all. Do you I feel mean, that this me, is an a, issue that's that's divisive that way? That it's 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 politically divided. You mean the vaccine? Well, Roger specifically. Yeah. Well, no, he's just being. I don't want to say he's being used, but yeah, for sure. Look at look at how uh, the politicians ju- have jumped in and and said, you know, you're responsible or you're a hero, depending on what side you're on. Okay. Yeah, I absolutely feel that hmm. way. I mean, yeah. it's the same thing happened with Kyrie Irving. With the Nets, who's still not playing, by the way, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure if he's going to play. I, I know people are a little more uh, 
I don't know that Rodgers has the same kind of sympathy from some on the right that Kyrie did because Rodgers sort of misled folks, right? So it's a little trickier. That's what I think. All right. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't know. I, by the way, do you, did you hear he was going to try to play? Did you hear something about that? I don't know. When he comes back, it's going to be a little bit problematic for the NFL, and he's going to have to – whether he's going to answer questions or not. And don't forget, the thing with Aaron Rodgers is he is a very um, – vindictive is a hard – is a – Probably too strong of a word, but but he remembers the people who wronged him. All the people right now who are against him, who he feels have turned on him, whatever it is. This got to be a shock him. to his system, right? Yeah, because he's always had almost the full support of everything, everybody yeah. in the NFL, and yeah, I mean he's anybody but teams that are in the NFC North. But yeah, it's it's going to be weird, and you even see from Allstate, or I'm sorry, State Farm, the insurance company that that he pitches for. Um, They've been giving him kind of a a low key support, you know, they put have. out a public statement. Yet there's been studies, and this is where it's got into the the general public, where more people have noticed this is the financial impact or the the impact in advertising of you know how I think I read something where it was it, it reduced strongly, where the number of uh, commercials that they were airing went from something like 25 percent of them had him, and now it's like one or two percent have him now on those. So, so they're slowly kind of just like, yeah. let's be and I, cool. And I saw the statement that came out, what, I can't remember, within the last couple of days. And you're right. It, it was, they wanted to point the science out, right? I mean, they said, look, we're going to stand by him. He's, he's free to say what he, he, he wants to right. say. Right. You know, there are consequences to whatever he wants to say, obviously. But uh, but pointing out the science. And it's interesting. An how, insurance company hopefully does do that. No, for sure. But what's <laughs> interesting too is how often these days corporate America is – is the one that's aligned with the the, the progressive side. You, you you wouldn't normally, you know, we didn't think that certainly twenty years ago, right? They it's just don't want the heat. They the, don't want the, the political heat. shit. Yeah, no, it's interesting how that was especially true during the the Trump years. The the a lot of the most common sense sort of statements would come out from corporate America, which you normally con- con- consider to be a fairly conservative block and I don't mean politically conservative I just mean the idea of conservatism right 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 yeah they just don't they want to stay away from controversy as much yeah, as possible because they, they want as many customers as possible Michael Jordan always used to talk about that Republicans buy shoes too right yeah. remember that line <laughs> you know right? uh, what a sweet guy yeah no but and, and so I, that's kind of how I think of corporate America so when they're coming out and suddenly saying well the science suggests that you get the shot <laughs> right it really is amazing that we're here Carlos that we're, I mean, that we're, that we're, that vaccinations are part of a sports world, that this is an issue, that we have situations like this. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah, it is. And, and I, I am surprised and we'll get this whole segue into what we're going to talk about with uh, Harbaugh and Tucker, but I'm surprised Aaron Rodgers couldn't come up, couldn't have come up with a better answer for when he was asked directly just to move beyond it. I guess he figured it would come out one way or another. Maybe if I, if I obscure the truth in some way, I'll take the heat off me. But he knew what he was doing, and he knew in the NFL everything comes out. I mean, sports leagues, and especially if you're a big star, it's going to come out. You know, there's just no way you can go it, through. It, it, and I don't understand not getting the shot in, in that. I mean, in that situation, I, I don't know if you're vaccinated or not. Um, yes, I've been, I, I've been immunized. Yeah, I've, I've been vaccinated myself. I assume our young producer over here is vaccinated. You know, whatever. I, I, when people say it's a personal choice, it isn't. It isn't. I mean, it is because it's your body, but it's also right. a public health issue, right? So right. where does your body stop and someone else's start? And that's, right. you know, that's 
that's the um, to me that's the issue. But beyond that, for Rogers not to want to get the shot when I would bet most of that locker room he plays in, I mean most of that locker room he exists in, most of those folks have shots, right, and they're vaccinated. So why not do it for them? You know, if he's got an allergic uh, allergic uh, issue with a couple of with the Pfizer and the Moderna, the Moderna vaccines, mm-hmm, right? He didn't with the Johnson and Johnson. He was worried about there was a, an issue with them. I don't know. My, one of my sons got the Johnson and Johnson. There there have many issues with that shot in a long, long time. Why don't you just suck it up and go do it? It's like Tyler Petruzzi with the Red Wings. You know, Rogers is getting to right. play in front of in stadiums in front of uh, fans, right? He's making all this money. He's playing because a certain segment of the population has gotten vaccinated. We would not be in stadiums with fans if nobody had been vaccinated right now. We'd be where we were a year ago. Right. It's putting yourself ahead of other people. Absolutely it is. And and, and that's what's so frustrating. If you don't want to get the shot and you want to sort of get out of the grid and get out of public life a little bit or limit your public life a little bit and mask up and keep your distance and all that sort of thing, that's fine. I mean – I don't know if that's fine, but that's your business. Right. But you want to go hang out in a locker room and reap the rewards of 60,000 people screaming for you? All right. Well, and I think that to me, all this stuff that he'd done, you know, that he's talked about, you know, after the fact on the Pat McAfee show and all this stuff, I think that if he'd been just, and like I said, it's the cover up, you know, if he just said this at the beginning, if he'd just been truthful, and I know it's hard to to bite down and, and take that and you're going to take a ton of heat, but this is the thing, this is the reason that, one of the reasons that like someone like Kirk Cousins and even Kyrie haven't been, you know, um, um, attacked quite as strongly is because they were upfront about it, you know, and if Roger says, hey man, I've got an allergic thing, I've looked into it, blah, blah, blah. However, I'm going to take every precaution I can. I'm taking homeopathic, you know, immunization protocols. I'm doing this. I will not be in a room maskless, you know, which is the problem, which he was doing press conferences without a mask. You know, all these things, I'm going to be truthful and upfront about it. People would have said, we don't agree. A lot of people said we wouldn't agree with it, but they would have respected at least his honesty about it. And that's the problem is, and you know what? On a teammate level, too, an organization level, what are you else? What else are you not being truthful about, Aaron? You know, that's it's like the old law and order thing, right? Whenever are you were you lying then or are you lying now? You know, once you are caught in a lie, man, all this all this doubt and suspicion surrounds you after that, and that's hard when you're the leader of a team and a whole organization. That's a good point. Not that uh, we need to agree too too much here, but speaking of that, speaking of honesty and telling the truth, or maybe can't help yourself, we. We need to talk about uh, Jim Harbaugh doing that, maybe to his own detriment, at a press conference uh, after well, it was Monday press conference to prepare for the big Michigan-Michigan State game coming up, and we will get into that in a minute. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Sean Windsor, and I'd like to tell you about the new sports app we've launched as part of our USA Today family. USA Today Sports Plus is the new sports app that puts fans first. Get the latest scores, stats, and standings, and enjoy interactive experiences with our award-winning sports writers, which obviously does not include me. Download USA Today Sports Plus from the Apple or Google Play stores today. USA Today Sports Plus. Fan harder. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, what do you think? It's because I wanted to watch Michigan-Michigan State game all over. I misspoke uh, right before the break. I said, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh were prepping for their big Michigan Michigan State game when, in fact, it's Michigan-Penn State. At Penn State, 
and State College, Happy Valley, whatever. whatever. You just live in the past. Beaver Stadium. I should know because I'll I'll be there, uh, you know, flying to Harrisburg, save the company some money instead of going into State College. Is what you do. Can you go? You can fly into State College. Yeah, you can. What do you like? Halo drop out of a out of a military Actually, jet? Actually, no. You're you're in a small little jet coming in there, and because it's I don't want to say mountainous, but big hills, small mountains, whatever. The way you come in, I have flown in there one time. I don't remember what the circumstances, but it was you know not a couple of grand for a ticket. But uh, <laughs> and you come <laughs> that in is and the Sean Windsor way, and yeah. there and there winds that come up. It's a it's a fun little ride coming in there. <laughs> but no, we we go into Pittsburgh, we go into Harrisburg. Um, I, you, some people even fly to Baltimore and drive up. You know what I mean? It's not easy to get there. No, but you can't fly to state for basketball. It's fine. You can fly to state college. It's a couple hundred bucks. You stay at a hotel. It's a hundred bucks. But you know how Big Ten t- or any college university town with a football program, mm-hmm. those businesses, yeah. the airlines know you're trying to get there, yeah. and the uh, the hotels. My goodness, I mean, rooms probably start at six seven hundred six oh. yeah, six seven hundred dollars. Holy moly! Yeah. It's a, it's there are only a few towns in the Big Ten where you can stay in town. You know, right. on, on a football on a football weekend. Not that y'all need to know that or care about that just know that carlos and i are doing our best you listening on jeanette and peter carlos and i are doing our best to uh right carlos absolutely yeah you know i get i get i sleep in a little corner of the sean windsor presidential suite you're in the right together aren't you no i'm I'm in there i'm in your corner i've been sleeping in your your bathtub You take your own tent. You don't even use half the per diem. No, not at all. You take your own soup, a little a little uh, st- sterno. A little dinty more. You yeah. warm it up. It's, fa- it's fabulous. You pull your little fork out of your camping gear, yeah. your water in your canteen. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, and then you spend all the money on clothes. And you tell me, right? Yeah, and you tell me all the fabulous dinners you go and you eat your way through Los Angeles and other big towns. Yeah, yeah, right. At uh, at a at a place that makes beef dip sandwiches and serves. <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds really expensive. In any case, sorry about the uh, uh, the misstep there with Michigan, Michigan State. It is in fact Michigan, Penn State, and Jim Harbaugh was um, presumably trying to talk about Michigan, Penn State when he was asked about Michigan, Michigan State. And had he had any communication with the Big Ten office regarding an overturn, a replay actually that overturned a sack fumble touchdown late in the second quarter. I'm trying to remember who was David Ajabo who who yeah. who did David Ajabo recover the fumble or force the fumble? I can't remember. Force the fumble. And then yeah, in any case, and he said yes, he had heard and that the Big Ten admitted they made a mistake, and that caused a little bit of an uproar. But then Carlos. I don't know, 40 minutes later, up in East Lansing, Mel Tucker's asked about a targeting call when, during his Spartans loss at Purdue, another town, by the way, West Lafayette, that I did not stay in, to save the company money. Thank you very much, Peter. And Hunchin Head. No, I'm kidding. I actually uh, wanted to be near Shapiro's Deli. I <laughs> no, I'm, the I'm, peanut butter burger. Yeah, no, no, that's in West Lafayette. The peanut butter burger. Have you had that peanut no, butter? No, I will not. I refuse. Did I told I tell, you to get did it. Did I tell you about the peanut butter yes. burger? I've had it. It's just been a while. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I if I had that uh, peanut butter burger. No, in all in all seriousness, so so Mel Tucker was asked about the, a targeting call that uh, on Simeon Barrow, a defensive tackle who was ejected from the game when he hit uh, Purdue's quarterback uh, Aiden McConnell O'Connell. Sorry, O'Connell. And what was Tucker's response? No, we don't talk about officiating. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. That's uh, that makes your program soft, 
it gives you an out excuses for both the players and the coaching staff. Of course, immediately it became it went viral on Twitter because people thought he was talking about uh, Harbaugh that it was a shot at Harbaugh. So I'm curious, Carlos. First of all, what you think of that about a little exchange? But more broadly, what what do we make of coaches talking or not talking, complaining or not complaining about quote unquote bad calls? Well, you know, this is this is why it's interesting is because. Um, it depends on what side you fall on. If you if your team has been wronged, I think you like it that a coach is bringing it up and that you know, good for us. You're sticking up for our side. And if your team's winning, um, then yeah, you can take the high road here. Um, but but in Mel Tucker's case, I mean, they had lost that game, and I, the the big question is, was this a response to Jim Harbaugh, who had just talked about the bad calls, in fact, you know, twice within a week. Um, or was this just something that was completely out of context, just his theory, his philosophy, uh, you know, regardless of whatever Jim Harbaugh is saying, just I believe this, I believe, you know, we don't talk about bad calls because it makes you soft. Um, so it depends on what side you land on. I mean, I, I, I think, like you said, officiating is part of sports. I mean, that's just it. Some people go nuts. Some people hate officials. Some people just love to talk about how bad officials are. Um, other people just don't care. They just it, they take the, you know, philosophy of like, what are you going to do about it? You know, kicking and stomping isn't going to get you anything. Here, here's a question I would have uh, for our listener out there. <laughs> if any of you are out there over 50 and you love the Spartans, I would bet you anything you're still upset that Bill Lambert got called for a foul against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the 1989 finals. Oh, no, 1988, sorry. Right? In game six, I want to say, that cost them the game. It really did. I mean, you, you, you could look to a million other plays, whatever, but that play, if that foul's not called, you said the Pistons probably win the title. And then maybe three-peat, I don't know. I mean, you know, the dominoes always fall differently when you change history. But in any case... For all the Michigan State fans that are harping on Harbaugh right now, how many of you of a certain age, right, remember a call like that? Right. I mean, we all we all have it. Right. Well, to your point, it just depends on your team. Yeah. You know. It does, and 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 you know, it, it's it's uh, you don't you don't tend to hear it as much from the good teams, right? The teams that win. It doesn't. It doesn't hurt as much usually, or at big moments, I guess. If you end up winning titles, um, you can overlook some bad calls. But I think if you're, and, and this is part of the thing with with Harbaugh, I think the context is that, you know, he needed this win. I mean, this, this win was important to him. It's it's the kind of win he has. He didn't need it. He had a better team, not by a lot, but a little bit. They control most of that game, you know, and and, yeah. and 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 they've and they lost. Last year, they probably had a more talent, and they lost to State. I'm talking about Michigan did. Right. And that adds to the pain, right? It's the right. context of his seven-year run there. Right, right. And you see this You see this when it's, it's, it's within the arc of the, the coaching tenure, whoever it is. Uh, you, you get more desperate. You get more, more emotionally you know, um, fragile, I guess, of when you feel that you should have won that. And this one decision or two decision decisions cost you, and you really needed this win. It really, it really matters. Although, then how do you explain, I mean, in 2016, which was his second year at Ohio State, I remember it very well. I was there. Uh, JT Barrett with a spot on fourth down. 
Um, picked up the first down. Michigan fans, of course, thought it shouldn't have been. It was a close, fuzzy right. call. Right. And Harbaugh was livid in the postgame <laughs> news conference. And I remember writing a column at the time saying, you can't act like that. Yeah. And that was his second year in. And then, you know, that spot probably cost him a shot at the college football playoff. And it does change legacies yeah. and how you think about people and perceptions. Yeah. So there's a lot at stake yeah. relative to sports. Right. 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 I mean, it's not life or death, but relative in the sports world, it does feel like life or death in some ways. It's life or death of the career of how people think of you. And he went nuts then. So on the one hand, you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, saying it's been seven years, he needed that game. On the other hand, that's just who he is. It is. And, 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 and you know, to Mel Tucker's point, I mean, you know, some, you can just say it's who you are. But the coach, especially in college, does influence his team and, and their personality. So if you see your coach doing this um, – it's maybe, you know, permeates into the program and we got, you know, screwed on this and we got cheated. And Entitled. We, you know, uh, part of it, yeah. And, and it's uh, – that that can be problematic. I mean, that's why coaches generally stay away from that kind of they stuff. They try to, even though you can – you've been in enough press conferences, right, where they're – and they know the call was clearly wrong. Right. And it's just – right, it's so emotional. And it's hard to stay away from it. You know, I I remember when I couldn't one time, and and I know you want to talk about that here in a second, but uh, <laughs> but for Harbaugh, I wrote a column about it today, and it it sounds kind of crazy to to defend him because he complained last week. He went on a radio show and complained. Right, I was actually a little bit impressed. He didn't say anything in a post game news conference right after the game on Saturday. He was he was obviously in pain and hurt and upset because of the loss, a bitter bitter loss but he didn't say anything but two days later he went on a radio show and that's when he started complaining and then he did it a couple of times and i don't think that's a good look at all yesterday though excuse me uh, monday how about that let's let's use days carlos this is a podcast we're going to say yesterday tomorrow today that makes no sense monday right? monday we're, we're, we're in a in a vacuum in that way so monday carlos he was asked right right it's a very specific question. Mm-hmm. Have you heard from the Big Ten? And his response was like 13, 14 words. You know, he, he didn't go off. He didn't go on a rant. He just answered the question. Mm-hmm. Now, could he have said next question? Or I want to keep that between me and the league or whatever. Or I, I, don't, I don't want to talk about it. He absolutely could have. But then what are we doing? When he's asked, he would have been asked again, did you hear from the league? Yes. They admitted they made a mistake. I, I don't think that was him going off. And complaining, and I don't think he would have talked about it if he hadn't been asked. Yeah, no, he wouldn't have, and and I don't think anybody would have asked after that. If he had shut it down, they wouldn't have kept asking week after week, you know. Which he had already addressed it, really. He had, um, in a way. But yeah, did you hear from the league? Um, you know, and I, I, I don't really have a problem with it. You know, and and, and I like. I mean, we complain all the time as journalists and sports writers that. You know, people aren't truthful or they don't tell us as much as they should. Yeah, they say nothing. Yeah. They say nothing. And and he didn't. He's like, this is the answer. It was as clear as you could be and said, yeah, they admitted it. It was wrong call. You know, that's it. And there were some other – they admitted some other mistakes. Right, right. So there you go. I mean, it's not uh, – is it is it – is it whining at that point? I don't know. I mean, I, someone can say it is whining because you're still bringing it up because you could have kept your mouth shut and taken the high road. And in the context of the fact that he was complaining about the week before and that he's got a little bit of a history of this, absolutely. I still felt like if you just look at that moment, 
And I know this is hard to do because context matters, obviously. But in that moment, I didn't think he was whining. In fact, I wondered if he was politicking a little bit, right, for the college football uh, playoff committee and all that sort of thing. Because no, no, no. No, no, no. But some, some coaches do that. I don't think he was because to me he's a kind of a black and white guy in a lot of ways. And he was wronged in his mind, mm-hmm. and you know he wants it out there that there's been an injustice, and it's not going, <laughs> it's not going any further than that. That's how he is, right? Yeah. But some coaches would use that to politic, to to get it out there that yeah, well, we have this one loss, but it shouldn't have been a loss; it was stolen from us because there's a there's a perception that that kind of thing still matters in college football. I, you know that play though was the second quarter. You know, I mean, it's I not agree. like it was a goal line stand with no time no, left. No, they wasn't. got they got Michigan State got a fifth down out of it. You know, I mean, that was come on, it was many plays in that. No, game. and who's to say that if they had counted that as a touchdown? There were still two minutes left in the second quarter at that point, and Michigan State, I don't remember how many timeouts they had. I'm sure they had at least one. Who's to say they don't know, go down and score right? right. And it's just, it's a negative, the net effect is, neg- the net effect is zero. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so think you that. So you don't know. Yeah. I don't think it's, it's not a case where we got cheated out of a, a certain victory, you know. Um, I, nobody, nobody, no voter, no committee, no nothing is going to look at this and say, you know what, Coach Harbaugh is right. They got cheated, and gosh, gosh darn it, they should be in the CFP. Let's kick whoever, you know, let's kick Georgia out of here. Michigan, come on in. You know, it's not going to happen. No, 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 but there, but there is that human factor of how you perceive things and how you see certain losses. I mean, you're looking at the numbers and the comparison, all the different algorithms they study. Again, though, I don't think Harbaugh was thinking about that. That's like thinking way down the road, and he's much more – not to say that he doesn't. I mean, he's a football coach. You kind of have to think about yeah. in the next several steps. I mean, that's that's what you're trying to do to win. By the way, you were, you were at the press conference, right? I was. And was that it? It wasn't pursued anymore. I saw the no. transcript a little yeah. bit, and that was it. That was it. Like the reporter saying, "I'm just yeah, it was fairly want to be quick. clear." Yep. And it's like I can't yep. be more clear than that. And that, that was, was it. it. No follow up question on nothing. that. Boy. Do you college reporters need to take a lesson in the NFL? You guys need to come. That would have been – that's red meat. Red meat in the NFL that would have been – I mean, it would have been like how many – like 15 chihuahuas on the front row going after this. We would well, not that, have let that it that might go. have been, but it's 10 days later, right? And, oh. and, the, and it was already a discussion the week before. Yeah. Obviously, that's why nobody wrote about it or talked about it. Well, so, no. And it know. wouldn't have been – and nobody – it would have – it would if Mel Tucker <laughs> – Hadn't been asked and had his response. The story's nowhere near as big. Not as big, but it still would have been big. Yeah, it would have been, would have, it would have been out there for a few hours and faded away, whatever. And it might have been a few people saying, ah, look at Har- listen to Harbaugh, he's whining, he's entitled. It's just like them over there at Michigan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but, but speaking of this, though, getting back to this, this idea for a second for the officiating, they, of course they're going to make mistakes. So how do you handle that? You know, right? I didn't handle it at, at one point. Do you want to talk about that? Well, it's very it's, it's uh, embarrassing. I was just, I was I was uh, I was coaching a uh, eleven year old. <laughs> Maybe they were twelve. I can't remember. Sorry, Ted. I just hit the mic with my one of my many chins. <laughs> I think uh, yeah, we, we, a ref missed a double dribble at the end of the game, and uh, we lost the game. And I went up to the ref and said, uh, "Thank you. You cost us the game." <laughs> This guy's getting paid 25 bucks for the thing or whatever. And just some nice volunteer trying to do this on the side. Not volunteer, but sort of, right, in a way. And I immediately felt like crap and um, ashamed. And I wasn't, you know, ever taught to be that way. But my emotions got the better of me. Because I don't know if it was the championship championship game. game, It it, might have been. Maybe it was a 
semis or something. I can't remember. And, yeah, it's probably a Tuesday night. Exhibition. You know, and it's funny because we got more running clock. We got more. Uh, the older the kids got, and we got into AAU where you're playing for tournaments, and you got kids on your team that are good enough to go play college ball. And when I was coaching at that level, not high level, not like Big Ten players, but I had Division two players, three players, some junior college players, and that you know, so there's something at stake, right? Yeah, uh, scholarship money, and you know, some uh, all that sort of stuff. But anyway, I learned from that that one instance, even when there was much more pressure at stake and a lot more pressure from the parents. Um, because if you lost, sometimes you didn't get to keep playing. And the more you played, the more exposure you had and all that. So, you know, that was actually a real, real stake. But I kept my – that, that taught me, Carlos, to keep – I never did – I would – that doesn't mean I wouldn't bark at the refs. Yeah. But I, that was over the top for sure. <laughs> I got the better of me. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And I I think uh, it's understandable. And I, I always try to keep that perspective of, of coaches and athletes, you know, in the heat of battle um, – you know, high level or not, you know, it can be it can be hard for them. And it's back. In fact, you know, anybody who's watched little league sports or whatever, had their kids in sports, you know, you know, it's like there's crying after every game. You know, it's just it's just for nothing. You know, we're going to get pizza and afterward, no matter what. Adults cry crying. when they lose championships, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they do. Absolutely. Or when they win, just the the, the, the release, the joy. Yes. Right? So it's emotional. It's an emotional game. I, I've, I've never had too much of a problem as a competitor or whatever with officiating. And I'll, I'll give you a good example, though. Okay, Tin Man. One, one, one game, and uh, uh, you know the, the the good people at the Free Press who you know um, it was it was softball so- no soccer. softball softball in the summer, and we had a group from the Free Press and we were playing, and I got mad at the ref on one play because I was coaching third base and there was a play at third and and basically the <clears throat> our player had been blocked from sliding um, and with the knee. With the, a kind of with the whole body from by the third baseman, and what I don't, the only thing I've ever disliked or had problems with officiating is when it leads to uh, injuries or unsafe play. That's all I really ever have cared about. Is if you're doing something, you're making calls that encourage unsafe play. You know, you're going to miss a call here and there, or whatever. No matter what level you're at, it's going to happen. Okay, it's part of it. Nobody's perfect. But when you're kind of like letting things go, letting the play go, letting, you know, and I have different sports I've played over the years. That's the only thing I have. That's when I get on refs is like, listen, you're encouraging something that's unsafe here, you know, and it's not worth it. Of course, you didn't let the emotion get the better of it. You're just thinking you're thinking about the larger picture, humanity. Medical, yeah. medical, uh, you know, somebody's health. I was thinking of well being. Yeah, I was yeah. sticking up for my player. You're not letting your own ego get in, get in the way of winning and the competition. And oh, we were losing soundly by probably ten or fifteen so runs. You're a much better person than I am. I mean, but we well, knew of course. we knew that anyway. A better dresser, better person, of course. Well, yeah. for sure, we knew that anyway. <laughs> of course, you wouldn't get mad. Why would you get mad? That would mean you'd have to care. <laughs> Come it's on. all about the competition. About you know how you play the game, Sean. It is. Somebody, does somebody need to tell that to Jim Harbaugh? Did, did, did Mel Tucker you know, put him over his knee and spank him yesterday? Is, oh. Or, or was that just a coincidence? Wink. <laughs> Wink. What do you think? Coincidence or non-coincidence? I don't know. I mean, why do you want to poke the bear on some level? I mean, is Tucker— Because it's beautiful I, when you do it, that. No, it's fun. It's fun. I mean, maybe it was. Maybe it was. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to know. But maybe, maybe it was a little bit. I mean, it does seem more than a coincidence. <laughs> 
40 minutes, 45 minutes. But on the other, but on the other hand, I mean, who knows that he was listening? And, and I mean, I know it was enough time for him to hear it, but who knows? I don't know. I don't. Know, I would man. like to think he did it on purpose, but my my thought it would make is for, it, it would be more fun if he did. But I doubt. He I did. doubt it because he's getting ready for his own. He's and he's two and zero oh against them. He doesn't. He doesn't need. To, he doesn't need. To, you know what I mean? Yeah. Although you know, like last year when when or was the year before when Ryan Day, you know, Ohio State's coach and Harbaugh, oh, right. made some kind of comment. I don't even remember what the context was. It was disparaging Mart about the about the Buckeyes, and he said we're going to hang. Day responded by saying we're going to hang a hundred on him the next time. <laughs> so it is fun. That's it what's fun. great about college sports. All the pettiness. It is all right. Well, we've been having too much fun talking about college sports. Let's let's go back to pro sports. Let's talk about bus man. And the number one pick of the Pistons. And, and, and let's decide if Cade Cunningham has a future in this league when we come back. Hello, I'm Phil Friend, the host and producer of Spartan Speak, a podcast collaboration between the Detroit Free Press and Lansing State Journal focusing on Michigan State sports. Each week, I'm joined by the OGs of the MSU podcasting game, freak beat writer Chris Slaurie and LSJ sports columnist Graham Couch as we discuss and dissect the latest sports news coming out of East Lansing. Not only is Spartan Speak one of, if not the longest-running MSU sports podcast out there, you won't find a show with two people as clued into the Spartans as Chris and Graham, each of whom has spent a decade-plus covering MSU and bring years of institutional knowledge and insight to the podcast. And once in a while, they'll let me throw out a take as well. Along with discussing the latest news, we'll break down the Spartans' last game in the hardwood and the gridiron. What went right? What went wrong? Jet sweep. Again? For both Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo, get you ready for the next game, make predictions, and so much more. We can also guarantee at least one reference to Kalamazoo every podcast. So if you haven't already, download, subscribe, and listen to Spartans Speak on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on your podcast app of choice. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, Kate Cunningham is a bust. Why? It's been why, for a why game. Do you think it's he's been a bust? for a game, Sean, and he's not won a championship. It's time to move on. It's time to move on. Is it the fact that uh, he couldn't make a three for a while? It's the fact that you go on NBA Twitter and uh, and you. Oh, you, you know get what NBA in. Twitter is. I guess I do. You've told me about it, so I took a little little seminar before our podcast on it. But apparently, it's pretty negative. Well, it can be, and the, the, one of the main thrusts of NBA Twitter is that my guy's better than your guy, or your guy's better than my guy, and I'm going to go find whatever statistical measure or video or video clip or whatever, right? Or last night's game as or some kind of referendum on to you know to, to, to bolster that argument, one way or the other. I mean, the, the, the most classic, not classic, but the, the most argued. How about how about this? The the, the number one debate, I think. Overall in NBA Twitter is, of course, LeBron and Michael Jordan, <laughs> right? But Nobody you, would dare write a column about that. But right, right. But you see that played out in all sorts of ways. And right now we have Cade Cunningham against Jalen Green, who's the shooting guard of the Houston Rockets, who was picked number third. A little bit with Evan Mobley. He's a different position. Always the center for the Cleveland Cavaliers, who's just playing awesome ball right now. He was the number two pick. Maybe not so much with Jalen Suggs. A little bit with Scotty Barnes, a small forward at Toronto. Raptors, who I think was a number five pick. I'm embarrassed that I know all this. That's impressive. But uh, it's not impressive at all. It's just ridiculous that it's in my head. However, um, Cunningham, some of those, you know, Suggs has struggled. Some of those guys have played well. Franz Wagner, by the way, has played well, who played at Michigan. is with the Orlando Magic. He looks good. In any case, Cunningham really— How many, how many draft picks do we have? 
uh, Tad, how many? Is, are we, we gonna get through how many before Sean's gonna go through no, all? I just want to do. I just want to do the. Let's just make this a draft show. No, but in all seriousness, so so it's not just wow, Cade Cunningham struggling and can't, can't the first few games, especially the first couple, right? He was over. Well, he I, he didn't hit his first three into what his third game. I'm trying to remember off the third, top of my head wow. something like that. Maybe it was his second game, but he was one for his first sixteen or seventeen Thanks. from three. Didn't shoot a whole lot better from two, and um, and people were some people were panicking a little bit, which is crazy, and they're looking at that. And then meanwhile, he's getting compared to his people in the draft class, right? And then NBA Twitter kicks in, and all of a sudden you start seeing historical numbers. When's the last time a number one pick started off this poorly? From the for, this is this is how it works, and you see all this, and all of a sudden you start seeing bust. Well, you know what? That's that's part of the deal, though, that comes with being the number one overall pick, right? Is there's a high level of expectation for you. So, I mean, I mean, he's played four games at this point when we're doing this podcast. So, like, you know, it's kind of ridiculous to be making those judgments. But, but yeah, you want him to come out guns a blazing, right, right off the bat. And and obviously, he's had that ankle issue, so that's definitely affected him. I'm sure. Um, well, yeah, but, he missed he missed uh, training camp. Yeah, so he he, he missed preseason games. Yeah, had the minute he missed the first what five or six regular season games. I can't remember five or six. Yeah, we should get Omari Sankofa in here, our fabulous beat writer. Yeah, yeah. He could tell you how many. Yeah, for sure, and that's that's going to affect them. But but it's just it's just it's just this is social media. This is Twitter. This is they want to jump on something. They want to like attack something right away, build it up or tear it down. One of the two, and they're gonna four games. That's it. He's terrible. He sucks. You know, bust. It's just amazing how quickly with the NBA more than any other sport to me it gets. Not only do you get compared to your immediate peers, but historically. And I think I think it's to some degree it's just the nature of the sport and the the, the game itself. You're out there in shorts. You know, there's no helmet. There's no face mask. You know, in, in, in baseball, you're you're further away. But in basketball, you're right there, and it's just you can kind of see. And I think people think they know more that they understand the sport that somehow maybe more accessible or something that it lends itself to this this constant battle that we see. This need to declare what somebody's going to be or what they are, and it's it's outrageous to say anything other than who knows, right? Yeah, and I think but the one thing I mean, other than the NFL, but I would say even I would say even more so in the NBA. I mean, the, there, there's only two round, two rounds in the draft, and it's the closest transferable thing going from amateurism to professionalism. So there, the expectation is so high for all those draft picks, right? So even in the NFL, there's so many rounds. There's seven rounds, so you're not going to expect that out of the fifth rounder or whatever. No, you know, even the even the first round draft picks, you know, later first round, you're not going to expect as much. But uh, some quarterbacks, you know, they're going to sit and whatever. Um, but NBA man, I mean, you're the number one pick. You know, you've got to you've got to you've got to put up, right? You've got to. We want to star. Should I do that tour? By the way. No. That would that would be awfully fun. It'd make for a good podcast, but we we won't do it. I, I, I and if you ever do listen to this, I just want you to know that you're calling right now, and I'm not answering and putting you on speakerphone. Uh, that's my wife, by the way. <laughs> but no, I to, to your point, um, I can't believe doesn't she know that we talk for hours and hours and hours? Probably. Well, she you've been doing that. podcasts all day. So. I know it's outrageous. Yeah, you're a star. No, 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 no. Tell I'm her not. I'm a star. Carlos is the star here. Come on, mm-hmm. don't say that. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, to your point, Panay Sewell, a lot of folks don't know what they're looking at, right? Maybe, maybe he gets beat for a sack, but do they really gonna, are they really going to break down the technique of a, of a left tackle, right tackle? Maybe there's some that can, that like to think they can and look at the film. You know, they fancy themselves in that way, a few folks. But for the most part, no. Right. People admit, eh, do they really know what they're looking at? Can they really project? It's hard to do that. But with basketball – Either, either the, the ball's either going in the hoop or it's not, right? Right. And I mean, that's it's easy to measure that. Well, the thing, I mean, I don't know anything close to what you know about basketball, but just watching nothing. Kate a little bit myself, like, yeah, maybe his shots aren't falling. But, uh, and I think you pointed out, you know, he's not the most athletic guy out there. Um, but, you know, his decision-making, you know, when he has the ball, you know, he's be able to. His, he's been able to create. I think Omari wrote something about that when he was going against uh, Kevin Durant in Brooklyn, and he was able to create his own shot, you know, moving the he ball. Was, he was. He had a right-handed in-and-out dribble. He didn't cross to his left and near the elbow to create the space. What? Okay, let me just ask you this. What don't you remember to be able to file this into your mind? And you're going you're gonna to go to your grave remembering that. No, that no, play. no, no. It's just that, that play stuck out because Kevin Durant's <laughs> seven feet tall and moves like a two-guard <laughs> and one of the best defenders in the league. So when you can get by. Yeah. Oh, she wants to know what's for dinner, by the way. She wants to <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know what? I thought it was off the hook because I cooked last night. I marinated some tomahawk uh <gasps> Pork chops. I got on a really good deal, and I, I put them in some coconut milk and two American. Oh, that's columnist money talking right there. And no, Ted. it's not. It, oh, it, it was cheap, and uh, and there's made some coconut rice and then pickled some cucumbers, a little sesame oil, and rice wine <laughs> vinegar. In any case, so I, I thought that was good for now, right? Come on. No, no, no. That's a problem with that's a problem Plus, with steak. I, is it last I, one? She's day. forgotten that I have to write tonight. That we we, we got a Michigan <laughs> Michigan State's kicking off. It's uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's Little Caesars Pizza. So it's a hot and ready f- oh, in your future is what you got. She prefers Domino's. Oh, I don't, not the <gasps> Ann Arbor. Republicans Ann Arbor. buy shoes too, right? Does Michael Jordan? Does Dave Brandon get a cut still? Or is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we like we like everybody, anybody, don't we? <laughs> We don't yes. dis- we don't dis- we don't discriminate here. No, in all, in, in all seriousness, yeah. With with Cunningham, uh, you're right. He's not going to go yam on anybody, but he's but he can. He can get up a little bit, but to create space against one of the best defensive players in the world, and and then he kind of uses his left shoulder to body into him. That that, that showed something. To, and I think that's what you're talking about with Amari. To me, though, it's his the way he sees the floor, his ball skill. Mm-hmm. Watch the team react around him. Mm-hmm. He organizes the geometry of the floor just when he's out there by himself, and that's that's really unusual for somebody who just turned twenty. Yeah, yeah. When and you you can see bits and pieces of how special he might be. I don't know if he'll get there. We'll see. I assume that shot's going to come around. He's a great shooter in college. And when the question with him is, who is he going to be? Is he going to be more of the of the general on the floor, the distributor, um, is he going to be able to score 22 a night? Is he going to, you know, who is he going to be? Is I think that's the problem is we don't know his identity really. He was known as a great shooter in college, but then if his shot's not coming around, does he have to, and maybe it will come, I'm sure it will come around. He was a point guard in college, basically. Right. He's a six six. he was listed as six eight. God, don't, Ted, don't you wish they would <laughs> fix that? I remember when I stood next to him in Vegas when it was the first summer ball, I'm like, okay, that's not 6'8". You could dunk on him. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Mm, when I was 19. Did you ever dunk? Could you, could you dunk? Not really. No? I mean, a couple times I got up. I Pick got up. And, no, I mean, you know, if back in back, back in those days, you could say, well, I could dunk a volleyball. No, but I, uh, a couple of times I could get up and, and dunk. 
Yeah. Oh wow! But not, but I wasn't anybody that could go up and tomahawk or anything oh, like that. Okay. I had a decent, I had a decent vertical back then, but but I don't even know what we're talking about. No, he's <laughs> he's a point guard to me, right? I mean, he's he's who's he going to be? I think he has a chance to be his own thing. Yeah. People thought Doncic, but he's not as big and strong as Doncic, and has a different kind of physicality than Doncic. Doncic, you know, uses his body in a different way. I think he has a chance to be his own kind of thing. Okay, I mean. A little bit like Doncic in that he can control the floor, uh, a wing, a, a guy with wing size who can really shoot, who's basically a point guard who is going to run the team. Mm-hmm. But uh, so he'll be maybe not completely unique, but I think he has a chance at his best to be his own thing. Yeah. So let's give that time. What do you say? Yeah, I think that's I think that's warranted. Let's give it. It's four games. Let's give it five, and then we'll we'll make another judgment. Yeah, let's a couple more Fine. games, yeah, and yeah. then and then you can decide. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that sounds good to me. All right, Carlos, what's your favorite thing? My favorite thing from Sean, this last week. From this last week, um, as you know, it was the bye week for the NFL, so I was able to get away, see, see my family down in North Carolina, and uh, you know, as you know, my my parents had some health issues, and it's always good to be able to appreciate, I guess, the time that you have that you don't always know how much time you have, right, with people and. And uh, so I was playing tennis with my sister. She's a big tennis player. She of course you tennis. were. And we were. Clay courts. It's awesome. Golf, tennis, polo. Yes. Polo, cricket sometimes. Synchronized swimming. Yeah. No, no, no. That's too athletic. Okay. But we were playing tennis, and it was a good match. Um, we only played two sets. It was cold that day. And Shuffleboard? We, no. Not yet. I'm working my way up. Okay. Get on the Lido Canasta. deck. World, World of Isaac <laughs> will let me on the Lido deck. Okay. Um, and so we were playing, and she uh, – she was beating me soundly in the second set, and normally I might get a little bit frustrated. Um, but I was thinking, like, you know what? I really don't care about, you know, that I'm screwing up or I'm making unforced errors. Like, I really just need to enjoy this moment because I don't know when I'm going to play tennis with her again. It doesn't happen, you know, very frequently. So it was a, one of those rare moments where I really didn't care if I won or if I lost. I just wanted to enjoy the moment, enjoy the game, hopefully play well. And I did. I ended up playing a little bit better, but she still she still beat me in that second set pretty pretty easily, uh, handily. And it and was you, just a And you were trying? I was definitely trying. And I she's your older first. sister, right? What is she, 65? She's, uh, yeah, she's 65. No. 70? She's, she's in her early 50s. And that's, that's cool. But she's she, been playing a so long she's time. She's still pretty good at that age to be able yeah. to kick your butt. Yeah, that's yes. nice. She takes lessons and she belongs to a club, so was she, she knows what she's serving doing. underhanded to take it easy on you a little bit? <laughs> She's got a sneaky flat serve that's hard to judge, and it really? stays low. Yeah, especially on clay, it stays low. So I used to like to play tennis, and and I had a couple of buddies who got knocked around with a little bit, and I could I can't spin it in or anything. I just hit a flat serve uh, both times, second time with no velocity at all. Okay, forehand, two handed backhand, I couldn't control. Anyway, I got out on the uh, on the court one time with somebody who was a he played at Birmingham Southern. He was a friend of Oh a, my god, a college player? Yeah, he was a college oh, player. He geez. played he played at uh, Birmingham Southern and he you know, he was in his late twenties at this point, but still he'd been a college he'd been a college player. His mom was a food writer at the newspaper I worked at. Just fabulous. Best fried chicken ever. Anyway, not to bring about food. <laughs> but I get out on the court with him and he said, All right, I'm not gonna try to give you any first serve, right? Like a <laughs> So I'm just gonna spin him in. And then boom, it, it, it hit, and then all of a sudden it go five feet sideways. I had no shot at I'm like, oh and that was just at a small college level. And the way that ball would spin, it made me think of that when you were saying that. Oh. It was just it was so humbling. 
Oh yeah, I've played even when I've just played friends who played in high school. I there's no I have no chance yeah. against their everything that they do. You know, and the only thing I the one thing I do well that frustrates my sister is I hit a really good um, one handed backhand slice. Oh, you can. Oh, yeah. So you well. That's impressive. It's a very, it's a very, it's a good defensive yeah, shot, keep, keep but it's shot also, low. but it's also a, a little bit of an offensive weapon because you can't tell if I'm hitting it short to the net or a little deeper. She hates it. It hate she hates that shot. So, and the problem is, she's as a woman, she plays in a women's team and mostly doubles. She says she never sees that shot because women, senior women, can't generate enough spin on their backhands to. Play with the ball. Well, that slice, that slice, lice. I guess you know. Hopefully, nobody has lice in here. That slice uh, stays low too, right? It does. It does, and it backs up. It's a beautiful thing. That's oh. the only thing I do well. Well, this is my favorite thing. I had something else, but this is it. I no, you have to have your own thing. No, it absolutely is. Don't steal mine. No, 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 I'm not stealing you. The fact that we get to talk tennis. <laughs> tennis is actually my favorite sport, and I, I would never what? presume no. to. What? It, 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 Wait, it, no. It, how can it not be basketball? It is. It is. is. I mean, I played and coached basketball. I love basketball, but tennis is is I, I like a little more even, and um, in certain ways. To play or watch? I, I, I liked playing when I was younger. I wasn't any good, but I love watching tennis. Okay. And we've been in we've been in the generation of yeah, especially well the women's side too, but the men's side of of just this incredible fifteen year run. Maybe even a little bit longer than that. Actually, shoot, going back to Samberson Agassi in the nineties, and then when I was a kid with Connors and yeah, McEnroe. and Bjorn and and McEnroe and the Swedes, and I was like yeah. Matt, Matt's Villander. Yeah. We don't need to. We don't need to go down that rabbit hole. But uh, this is fun. I didn't know you played tennis. I thought you were more of a elitist, stuck up golfer. That's kind of nice. No, I'm an elitist, stuck up tennis player. Yeah, I know tennis. Yeah. Is... In fact, I've I've uh, I've talked about our our good friend and former boss Dave Robinson. He's he's a, a tennis player. Well, and a golfer, and a golfer, pretty good one too. Right? Very, very good. And we've talked about playing tennis. Um, the only thing is, here in Michigan, it's almost all hard courts. That can be tough on your knees. Well, Michael Rosenberg and I, former columnist here at the Free Press, now for the Sports Illustrated, he and I used to go over to Vets Park in Ann Arbor on the West Side and and, and hit the ball around a little bit. Yeah, and uh, you know he, he's even worse than I am. I don't think he'll mind me saying that. <laughs> and I'm and I'm terrible. But uh, no, it's 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 a great sport. It's too bad it's linked with the country club, you know, idea because it's a fabulous sport. Yeah. And well, I mean, you know, that's the whole thing with golf and tennis is, you know, you can't you can't let this idea of you know elite, elitist you know mentality kind of co-op that sport. You know, I mean, there's a movie coming out about the Williams sisters, right, and the yeah. father, yeah. and how they learned in Compton, and, yep. you know, on those on those. So you know, if you want to, yeah, at the highest levels, at the highest levels, any sport you is me- elitist. You remember, you remember that was like watching her when she started breaking through. So well, Venus too, but Serena. Mostly How, Venus. I remembered. I mean, I lived in in. Long you were Beach still out there when that happened, and so she was young. Just Venus was coming up. Serena was just the kid. But just how how thrilling then that was to watch because nobody hit the ball like like Venus, and then sister Serena comes around and hits the ball even a little harder and moves even a little better. Although Venus was, had that long stride, very like when they broke through and they started and brought that power with all that precision. Yeah. To that to that sport, it was it was the power 
Amber wasn't quite there yet, I think, with both of them when they were so young. I mean, because Monica oh. Seles and Steffi Groff hit the ball pretty yeah, darn but, hard, but, but, but they grew into that power. But Groff didn't have a backhand, and Seles had a two-hand. She had two hands on both wings, but she did have some power. But even then, it wasn't – I mean, everybody hits the ball hard now, but it wasn't like that. Steffi, by the way, was my favorite player, and she had a beautiful one-handed – Backhand. Yeah, she a didn't have power on her backhand at all. But she, didn't, she could not hit a top spin uh-uh. backhand. No, and she was an amazing player. Very um, athletic. She was one of the she was one of the really super athletic Married players. to uh, the, the player I always have enjoyed probably more than any other. Um, well, except for maybe Rafa Nadal, who I really love watching. But uh, Andre Agassi, just because he, he found that little penny and that sweet spot on the racket. Nobody's ever hit the ball with more purity. I can't believe we're still talking about tennis. <laughs> this is this is uh, crazy. But I love that you played with your your sister. That's really cool. I love that you didn't throw a temper tantrum. I broke a few rackets. Okay, no, okay, no. <laughs> that's a nice story. And I and I, I that's my favorite thing that you like tennis. We we might have to go hit the ball. I can't move, so you'll have to hit it to me. I know that's the opposite of the goal of mm-hmm. the sport. But mm-hmm. no, for I'll sure, I'll throw my knees out. But I could stand at the service line or something and. Yeah, my, and, uh, my, you could hit it to me. My sister, she always tries. She always gives me these backhanded compliments whenever we play tennis, and she says, "You know, you're, you're. Uh, what does she call me? Um, something like spunky." <laughs> Like you're spunky. Yeah, like you have some you have a lot of fight. <laughs> like I'm not not talented and not not you know I'm spunky. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, I think we should end it on that note on Carlos's spunk. You know, we never thought we'd as- associate Carlos and the word spunk or spunky in the same. Plucky. I, li- I prefer to be considered plucky. Plucky, but I'm spunky, not there yet. optimistic. You know, sunny. <laughs> that's you, man. That's me. That's this my is, brand. This is unbelievable. Look, you got to get over to a Wings game. I got to get to a place where I can see uh, Michigan State make their debut against Kansas. Uh, we will both have columns about those uh, the, those games. We will. I promise. I know we keep saying this every week. We'll talk more about hockey. Oh, we'll see. Specifically, the Red Wings. Well, we're Tad, both going to be. Doesn't there. believe this. At no, all. no, no. It's got to happen, man. We can't. We can't keep doing this. We, we, we we're gonna. We're not gonna broaden hockey our town. audience if we if we keep talking about tennis and. And uh, whining, whining coaches. You know what I mean. We we got we got to get it out there, right? Yeah, we'll All do right. It. promise. All right, okay. All right, Carlos. Well, uh, it was fun as always to uh, to our listener out there. Well, thank you for uh, for uh, spending some time with us, for making time with us, as Tad would say. We want to thank uh, our executive producers. Why do I always do this? I, I don't want to thank our executive producers. Not first, anyway. I want to thank the main man, <laughs> Tad Davis, who's the producer. Who, oh, I thought you were going to say Peter. No, 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 no. Tad's the main man. Come on. Peter's the big guy. We want to thank Tad. Without uh, without him, this is impossible. We want to thank our executive producers on Jeanette Delgado and Kirkland Crawford. And then, of course, you know, the big guy, Peter Batia. If you like our show, please rate it, subscribe to it. You can find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts at Spotify, Apple. I think Carlos is working on the new app because he wants to get out of this business. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll be able to find this podcast there at some point. And you can promote yourself. How about that, cause? Does that work? <laughs> In any case, uh, again, thanks for uh, taking the time, and we will see you next week. <laughs>